right. I'm rolling. It's about to be sevens for you. Sevens for you. Sevens for you. Get, give me all y'all money. That's right. That's right. <laughs> hey, brother. How's it going? Looks like you got a hot hand of dice going right there. What? Events? I'm the only black person that saw that movie. I can't believe I can't believe you're here. Well, I you know, I appreciate the support, brother. And I'm here to repay that and support you in this moment of need. Because I see you got a big hand coming up, big, big role coming. And I just wanted to come and, and give you some advice in this vital moment of life. Because you know, sometimes you gotta know when to hold them and know when to roll them. Gotta know when to walk away and know when you're done. I'm I'm pretty sure that's Kenny Loggins. That's that's not an original. That's not you. Look, nigga, just roll the dice, okay? You okay, got okay, okay, okay. A hot hand. So just take take this advice. Close your eyes, okay, and just imagine the number uh-huh. seven. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm a visualizer. Number seven is in your mind. Uh huh. And as the dice roll, imagine yep. all the hardships yep. in your life rolling away clacking against the wall and as they come back to you yeah they come back with all your hopes all your dreams everything that you ever wanted be the dice brother be the dice bagger vance i i can't believe you just filled my mind with such inspiration let this thing roll we're gonna see what happened all right and yeah, seven, seven, seven. There you go. I'm taking your money. I'm taking your money. I'm taking all y'all money. Bag of vest. Come look at all this money I'm taking. Bag of vest. Where you going? Uh, who? Who's that? I can't hear you. I'm so, so far away. No, you Walking can't hear away me. You can't hear me, the nigga. Beach. You can't. You can't see me anymore. Nah, nigga, I can see you. I was just a figment of your imagination. You better get back here with my money, man. Goodbye. (laughs) (laughs) Goodbye. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of White People and Save You. This is the podcast where we deconstruct these white saver films and recontextualize them through a black and POC lens. I am one of your hosts, Jordan Clark. And I'm the other one, Cameron Mason. And we've got we've got a couple of things going on in here. We've got a return guest. We've got yeah. a return uh, star of a movie and Matt Damon. We've got <laughs> we've got just a, a really weird movie to talk about. Um, so let's go ahead and get into it. I think everybody remembers <laughs> our guest from last time on the Hidden Figures episode. This is Amanda Meadows. Hi, hi, hi. How's it going? Uh, What's up? I am doing all right. I am enjoying uh, fun employment 
for this yeah. like tail end of the summer, <laughs> truly touching grass, smoking grass, you know, <laughs> just all of, like, I'm really trying to get back into my body and all that other woo woo shit, but also just fucking goofing off um yeah yeah. yeah. and now like i'm heading right to about at the time where it's like okay back to business soon but this (laughs) this week was playtime yay well let's goof off yeah hell yeah thanks for joining us for this wild movie that we're talking about in just a second but before we do i thought we could we could have some fun before we talk about this film um because Amanda and I share some common loves, and that is wrestling and uh, comics. <laughs> indeed, and, indeed. Uh, I was wondering if you could pick two things. So your favorite movie featuring a wrestler, um, and then your wrestler, current or past, that you think would be a good like a good choice for an actor, but I'm I'm thinking maybe like Marvel movie, DC movie, or even just like a comic book movie in general. Somebody you think could uh, fit into that mode. But let's start with their favorite wrestler in the movie. What a treat! These are two great questions. Um, <laughs> okay, the first one uh, for me, uh, famous like best favorite wrestler movie. Um, there's there are obvious correct answers about like what's good, but for me, it's over the top. Hey. Over the top is Ooh, the one. fucking dumbest movie I've ever seen. It is <laughs> fully like fueled on protein, creatine, and steroids, coke, and like vibes. Um, That's the, accurate. Yeah, it's so, there's so much good homoerotic shit going on in it, too. It's great. Um, yeah, you, you just, God, what year was that? 87? Yeah, yeah, I mean, it was a great yeah. way, yeah, a great way to get, like, a bunch of wrestlers into a Steven, <laughs> into a Stallone movie. Yeah. Um, it's just like, yeah. Um, and then, two. I honestly think there are a lot of wrestlers right now, like in this like generation of like folks in their twenties and thirties are pretty good actors. Mm-hmm. Um, I, one that I've, I've been seeing a lot on the internet and I just want to be on the record as I agree with it is Jade Cargill as Storm. Yes. That's really great. Um, I she she would bring baddie energy to it, which I think For is sure. fun and new because normally she's super noble and respectable. Um, it'd be cool if she was a hoe just once. Um, Look, she had, she cut the mohawk in the eighties, and she was right. like walking out in the leather, and like I think she had a moment. She had a moment. She had a moment where she was stepping out, but it's like she's basically immortal. So yeah, sure. Come on, let's have, let's do another phase. <laughs> When's the next phase coming? (laughs) Well, everything goes in circles, you know. That's true. Yeah, Storm's gotta have an almanac for that shit. I'm sure. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um. Oh my god. Also, a great idea for a licensed Marvel book. Whoever owns the license for Marvel books these days, it seems to change hands every minute. Um. But uh, yes. Also. 
Orange Cassidy. Sure. In um, if there's ever another iteration or reboot or spinoff of Wet Hot American Summer, I would really like to see him in that. <laughs> he was built for it. He literally looks like one. he walked out of it. <laughs> yeah, they might. There might be another like miniseries or something. Um, but uh, yeah, those those are the things that come off the top of my head. But yeah, there's a there are a bunch of folks I think who would who would kill it in like a big role. Um, I mean, I'm so happy with John Cena. Um, yeah, like I, I I claim him now. I did not when he was wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> but now, now it's like, cool. He's... Now it's cool to be a Cena fan. Yeah, I, he's he is a, a gifted comic actor. I will say, good physical comedy. Um, yeah. Anyway, we can talk, we can talk Peace, about this for an Peacemaker hour. I watched Peacemaker this year. Peacemaker was great. Peacemaker I thought was it was funny. fun. It is really funny. See if Peacemaker is safe though, because nothing, nothing's safe in the HBO world. Everything is uh, right. On the table, it's true. So. It's true. <laughs> I, I, I would think uh, Peacemaker would be talking that shit, or any DC property would. Animated film today. Yeah, that's right. So maybe not. And mm. Batgirl. So yeah, who knows what and Batgirl was the good one ago. Yeah. I know. They, they deleted the footage. I just read this on Twitter today. What? They they just deleted the footage because the directors wanted like, hey, can we just like keep the footage for like reels, blah blah blah? And they and they were like, No, no, it's already wow. gone. Evil. It's already gone. Oh man, now that nobody is... has proof that they ever worked it on didn't this. Even happened. That's crazy. It's a shared hallucination between <laughs> Leslie Grace and the yeah. cast and crew. The only Daniel. place this fucking movie happened is on the tax returns. Uh, uh, when they oh, wow. when they write True. this off as a bloodbath of a loss or whatever. Did they delete um, all the script too and like Purge it right. from, from the right. crowd. Like there's no. They had to find an intern who knew how to open an, a final draft file. Poor <laughs> 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 um, intern. Cameron, do you do you have an answer? Do you have a favorite wrestler or wrestling movie? So I'm gonna tell you like this. My best friend back home, Chuck, uh, consistently texts me wrestling memes and mm. uh, goofery of that sort. And I have to say that I have not watched a single match beginning to end. I do not watch or subscribe to wrestling. Fair enough. So I'm going to have to let y'all have that one. But I do respect wrestlers who, you know, make it in mainstream, make it into movies. And I've had my fun here and there. And, you know, like the what? The John Cena's, the the Rocks of the world, the Sasha Banks in the Star Wars universe. Yeah, and Batista yeah. too. Like I'm enjoying this, so I I won't say completely no. Just wrestling as the entertainment itself. <laughs> Don't ask Cameron. I would say my my favorite my favorite wrestler in a movie. And again, I'm with you on this, Amanda. This is not good. <laughs> this Excellent. Is not, this is not a movie that I feel like people would would necessarily gravitate towards, but. Hell comes to Frogtown with Roddy Roddy Piper is amazing. Holy though. shit! Hell comes to Frogtown is what I it's called. I don't think I've even seen what? that. Oh, like I almost want to stop the show so we can all just watch this movie together. Oh, holy shit! Hell comes I have to watched Frogtown. It they live, so I'm not against it. 
Hell Comes to Frogtown is a movie about a post-apocalyptic future in which there are almost no men left, and Roddy Roddy Piper has, I guess, super sperm, and so no. like they like <laughs> have to protect him to repopulate the world Help after out. like this this massive war that's gone on. So they put like <laughs> a like a futuristic cod piece on him that Stop like, it. shocks his genitals. No. To like keep him aroused, just so that like he's ready at all times to just have sex with like. Bro, what? <laughs> and then they movie? go because you. Oh my god! Because it's like the movie's going right, and you're like, <laughs> oh, this movie's called Hell Comes to Frog Town, right? And then like he literally goes to a frog town with like frog people, and there's like frog, and it's like a whole frog society. So there's like frog strippers. And like, um, like a frog king that has like three penises. Yeah. What? <laughs> it is crazy. It is a crazy movie. I wasn't expecting to hear that. I know. <laughs> movie in nineteen eighty-eight. No. Oh man! It is a what wild film. Happened. Uh, that I suggest that you both watch and anybody listening watch because it's crazy. I'm ready. I'm I kind of want to watch that now for some reason. Please do. Please do. I've got the time. I've got the time to be yeah. starved and rehab from it. So let's do this. It makes it makes zero sense, but it's a lot of fun. Um, <laughs> oh, white people won't save you. Come for the white saviors. Yeah. Stay for the it, frog penises. Is yes. this where Alex Jones and those other conspiracy theorists get the whole frog you, you never frog know. water <laughs> turning people gay? Alex Jones is definitely a man who has seen the feminizing water filmography. Yes, absolutely. That's true. I don't even. I have is, no evidence of it, and that is a true statement. I mean, Alex I, Jones sounds like he's cutting eighties wrestling promos anytime he talks. Yeah, like facts. Like this is not a judgment on Roddy Piper. We know the re- the politics of most wrestlers. Yeah. You know, we're we're, we're familiar. Uh, everyone's in business for themselves. <laughs> yes. That's a hint. Um, yes. But uh, you know, every so often you get oh okay. Uh, I I just asked Jeffrey if he had seen this movie. He said no. So uh, we Jeffrey, are watching it. He's, he's got to put it on the podcast. I don't know how he hasn't gotten to this movie yet. He's got to yeah. talk about this. Oh, this my. is crazy. You're right. Yeah, for the record, uh, yeah, my partner Jeffrey Golden has a podcast called Worst Movies Ever Played, and it's a tabletop, uh, at, like, actual play podcast, um, but everyone's in character, and they improvise the movie. Um, so oh. it's a full audio <laughs> movie. This is um, it. Yeah, it's a good time. <laughs> that sounds so fun. Yes, <laughs> yes. And I, I, there's like a new season, I think, coming soon. So, yeah. Um, yeah, we need to, We need to study up. Yes. Yep. Yes. We do. We do. Oh man, I just I'm so excited about Frogtown. <laughs> it's like I I don't want to say that that Roddy Piper, uh, you know, following up what I was saying before, is necessarily like a friend of like the 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 knights of the white camellias, your Ku Klux <laughs> Klans. But I'm certain if you go to any clan rec room like it's all roddy piper vhs i'm sure (laughs) like i think they're there um it's just part of the canon part of the like virile (laughs) white man who conquers all types of man and nature and etc um so 
you know, he's got, he's like a folk legend in, on so many levels. Like, there's nothing more wrestling than that. He's got a lot. Roddy Roddy Piper famously <laughs> cut a promo in partial blackface. <laughs> what? Just one side. Just one side. one side in blackface. So he's like, I'm not. I'm not entirely wrong. I'm you not can't. Wrong. You can't catch him. It's like a black <laughs> and white cookie. I'm too, I'm too uh, sloppy. Just... <laughs> too clever. Uh... <laughs> and he's wearing the kilt. Real yep. confusing. Not legible. <laughs> I don't know what to think. You don't know. You don't know who I'm offending, huh? <laughs> Somebody out there, man. Um. And quickly, my my wrestler that I'd like to see in a movie, I would if if it wasn't already happening, I would say cast Big E as Hercules for the Marvel Cinematic Universe because Fuck that would yes. be incredible. He is he is like and he'd get right up in there dancing with the girlies, you know, the perfect embodiment. <laughs> he is the the he is what you think of when you think of himbo but like in a very good way and like he's a lot of fun he's very charismatic he's a he's a large man large epsilon so like he is big enough to play hercules um and black hercules i mean come on so i absolutely (laughs) oh that would be so good um i like i'm ready for like if we ever did get like a good cgi like Mega Man movie or some kind of like classic Whoa. arcade character IP like Xavier. No, oh, he's should yeah, he's got to be in the mix. Get him in there. He's got a great voice. I mean, he's an incredible. He's just he's I love him. I got to hug mm-hmm. him once, Ooh, and I nice. still think about it. it was great. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like four or five years ago, uh, but like. He's got a great voice. He would do really mm-hmm. good in animation. Yeah, all of it. Well, I think New Day was in Gears of War, randomly. That's right. Yeah, yeah so they exactly the kind of shit I don't play. So, yeah, get, get <laughs> us something else and we'll get in there. But um, let's, <laughs> as fun as this conversation is, we do unfortunately have a movie to talk about. Oh, yeah, we do. <laughs> <laughs> I did watch a movie for this. And uh, I didn't. <laughs> Cameron, Cameron, unfortunately, uh, missed this this week's movie. But I think uh, I, I, have to say, I don't appreciate how you have different rules for everybody. Yeah, <laughs> you know it's what? Maybe this standard. is like maybe this is like a good thing. That the universe is saying, "Hey, Cameron, you know what? I'm gonna let you get away with not watching yeah. this movie forever. <laughs> you don't have to watch it. You, you, you could <laughs> go your entire life literally without ever seeing it." You escaped. The Holy you Spirit one. said, I got... protect thy energy. <laughs> Get one. Get one. Get one. Yeah. But now I'll make you watch every movie in the Hell Comes to Frog Town series. <laughs> oh, God. I hope there are multiple. The director did other frog based films. Good God. Um, <laughs> so... Oh, I see it. Oh, and shit. And the director, the director. Yeah, I'm, I'm researching too right now. The director also is two people like he's got a pseudonym that he directed under and then he's got other films that he made under another name and i can't tell if like he did the trashy ones under one and the classy ones under the other but like <laughs> the wow. he's got two imdbs so when you look him up that's he's, amazing he's double dipping out here yeah uh, it could also it could also be some kind of shady tax or 
or a financial reason why there's different names on different projects uh different financiers maybe mm. um but this is so funny oh my god i this can't believe there's a whole frog verse for me to jump yes, into jump in. i'm looking splash, at frog warrior right here holes. i think frog warrior is the one that i was like i, I might need to see that <laughs> <laughs> i might have to watch that one uh, <laughs> Amanda, what movie did we watch for the show this week for this podcast, we unfortunately did not watch Hell Comes to Frogtown, but we did watch The Legend of Bagger Vance. Oh, yes. Which oh, yes. very confusing after watching it because the movie is not about Bagger Vance. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> it's not even told from his perspective. And it's wild because Will Smith didn't want to do Django because the movie wasn't about Django in his mind, but yet he did The Legend of Bagger Vance where he is like, not the main character. I don't understand. This is a man who always <laughs> overcorrects from his mistakes. Yes. And like he uh-huh. clear like when you watch this movie, it's one of the things I kept thinking about the most was how like when I think of like the crying Will Smith meme, like that felt mm-hmm. I feel that because I would feel that way if I had to look back and see myself saying those lines to Matt Whoa. Damon when I like you were he was in so many. He was in a string of like runaway blockbusters. Coming off some hits, boy. And then does <laughs> this, and it's like it's like a demotion by like exponential levels. It's it's nuts. Uh, let's, anyway, let's talk a little bit about it because I've got I've got some information <laughs> from from the mouth of one Bill Smith. But like Amanda is saying. 1995, Bad Boys, 1996, Independence Day, 1997, Men in Black, 1998, Enemy of the State. Okay. It's, still, it's still up in there. It's up in there. Yeah. Wild it's, Wild going my down. dad loves it, so it's uh, in It's there. no Wild Wild West. <laughs> no. But, but then after it, Wild it, Wild, it's Wild West is the Legend it's a of the Bagger classic. Leave it alone. After <laughs> <laughs> the Legend of the Bagger Vance, he makes Ali. So it's a very confusing... Uh, like a uh. couple of years mm-hmm. where I just got real rocky. Really pin down what's happening there. But The Legend of Bagger Vance is a movie that does come out in 2000. Uh, it's directed by one Robert Redford. Stars oh. Will Smith, Matt Damon, Charlize Theron. Um, it is based on a book by Stephen Pressfield, which is also The Legend of Bagger Vance, a novel of golf and the game of life. Um, and it's just a real nothing of a movie (laughs) it it, it, yeah it's a real nothing burger of a movie that is dressed in all the trappings of like a prestige like poignant thoughtful Mm. period Mm -hmm. you know american you know pre-civil rights period piece that makes everybody look great in their minds um it's just like and and robert redford's the director and he he ain't directing. I don't know. He just kind of put it on cruise control. Well, the movie and the story is loosely based on uh, the Bhagavad Gita, um, and which I found just like kind of a jaw dropper. Honestly, I was like, "Oh, really? Where?" It's a, well, it's a very strange mapping of uh, a. a religious text onto <laughs> the Freshman Era Gulf film. Um <laughs> because the hero of this story, particular story of the Bhagavad Gita, is Arjuna. 
and the hero of the Legend of Bagger Vance's initials are R. Juna, so they're making that direct oh. uh, reference, Wait. and then the god Krishna appears as Bhagavan Bagger Vance, right? So like they're oh. really just like not trying to disguise it at all. But uh, they do hold on, I gotta keep my brain from exploding out of my ears. This, these allegories, are, oh my gosh, it's so too strong for me. <laughs> they do it in a way that's just like the most. I'm gonna be honest with you, I fell asleep ten minutes into this movie. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna try to do. I'm gonna try to do this ten minutes or this ten minute. I mean, it's not gonna take ten minutes. It's not even take five minutes. I don't think. But uh, <laughs> really, not a lot happens in this movie. Um, but let I'll I'll do the plot so Cameron can kind of catch in with us. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna watch this five minutes very uh, attentively. At, but then after these five minutes, I've got some questions. Uh, we, <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, you got some I got some questions. So, radio, three, two, one. So, very bizarrely, this movie starts uh with we don't know it yet but it's hardy graves who is narrating the film and we're going to see them flash back into the past when they were a child but it starts with he's an old man and he like is playing golf and then has a heart attack but like describes it in a way that's like this is normal for me <laughs> like i have heart attacks all the time while i play golf it's just maybe you should stop playing golf i don't know but <laughs> He has his heart attack, and then we're transported back into the 1930s, uh, height of the Depression. And we hear about Greaves' childhood idol, uh, Randolph Juna, who was, like, basically the greatest golfer the South has ever known. You know, he had run all these tournaments and whatnot, but then World War One started up, so he went off to go fight, got heavy PTSD, came back, didn't want to golf anymore, didn't want to do anything anymore. Charlize Theron was like, Why'd you leave me? Uh, <laughs> everybody's pretty sad. But then, like, Charlie Theron's husband dies. I believe he shoots himself, right? If I uh, saw that right. If that, that seems like the time that I was asleep. <laughs> oh, yes, there was a <laughs> so, dramatic shot where you see the desktop and the hand fall with the pistol yeah. in it. Ooh. <laughs> I was like, oh. I think somebody's dead. I'll figure out who later. Because <laughs> I'm not going to go back to watch this. <laughs> <laughs> but after that, Charlize Theron's husband like owned this very, very like well-known golf resort in Savannah, Georgia. And, you know, depression's going on and people really want to buy that property, right? Like cheap property, prime real estate can turn it into whatever they want. But she's very adamant against not selling it, so much so that she proposes the greatest golf tournament that has ever been played. And she's going to get the two greatest golfers that have ever lived, uh, Bobby Jones and Walter Hagen, to come in and play golf in this tournament. She's going to give them $10,000 to the winner. And she like basically like sweet talks them both into coming to play the tournament. But the people who were trying to buy the property from her, like on the city council and all this stuff. And they really want to screw her over. So they're like, well, it doesn't seem fair that we're going to have this big tournament here in Savannah and not have somebody from Savannah representing us in this tournament. So like, who are we going to get? And they start naming up all these people who are they too old or not technically from Savannah. And so, um, 
standing up to speak on behalf of everybody is i don't know how old he is i want to say he's like 11 or 12 hardy graves who like is like i know somebody who can play the greatest golfer that's ever lived randolph juna problem is nobody knows where he is nobody's seen him for a while so he goes to go find him and a very confusing scene because it seems like he's just at his house uh nobody has gone to check and he goes to the back of the house and in another confusing scene i don't know how to read this right randolph june is playing cards with a bunch of black people and i'm not quite sure if this is to be seen as this is how low he's fallen all he all the friends he has are black people and these are the only people who are associate with him or if it's just like look how cool he is in the 1930s he's choosing to play cards with this exclusively black group of people like he's he doesn't see race he doesn't see color yada yada i don't know what we're it's supposed absolutely to... <laughs> the former dude <laughs> i think you know that answer. <laughs> but hardy comes in he's like trying to talk him into it juna's like i don't want to do that i don't play golf anymore um but then everybody just followed hardy to Gina's house and they're like you're gonna play golf and he's like i don't do that anymore i lost my swing and then like even charlie staring comes over and it's like i'm gonna have sex with you until you play golf in this tournament and he's like <laughs> okay and then hardy's like watching them almost have sex it's a very weird gross scene i don't i think i was supposed to laugh but i didn't um then, <laughs> but that night uh <laughs> goes out and he's hitting golf balls into the night. And who should mystically arise from <laughs> the depths? But Will Smith as Bagger Vance, he literally just walks out of nowhere uh, on screen. All right, I didn't get the five, but that's okay. I want you to know that it took you the five minutes to get to Bagger Vance. Well, it yeah, takes that Vance. long it to get to Bagger Vance. <laughs> and they're doing their best to condense all that shit to the 33 minutes it takes to get you to Bagger Vance. He it's wild. Off. Charlize yeah. Theron comes off as <laughs> like, wow. It's, she yeah. also has way more lines than almost anyone else. <laughs> I don't know. I, I have a lot of questions about her character, too. But yeah. uh, Will Smith yeah, magically appears on screen. He starts talking to Juna, who's like, I don't play golf, yada yada. Bagger Vance is like, interesting you don't play golf because you're out here in the middle of the night playing golf. I'm just curious about what's going on. Uh, and he's like, look, I'll make you a deal. I'll caddy for you for $5. And like Matt Damon's like, but the winner gets $10,000 and you would get $1,000, like 10% of that for being my caddy. And Bagger Vance is like, no, just give me five. I only want $5 you know and like i'll help fix your swing and all this stuff so the rest literally the rest of the movie is this bagger vance <laughs> teaches matt david how to play golf like he gets his swing back like he goes to the first day of the tournament everybody's expecting him to to lose and suck um and he's pretty ass for the first day like he's really like i i'm run off juno like i'm the greatest golfer to ever live but like he's shanking the ball over the place he's 12 strokes behind um like bagger vance is basically like doing just like all of bagger vance's lines are like aphorisms or like mystic like proverbs or like variations of like down home wisdom kind of stuff like none of it's like how any normal person talks <laughs> but he, 
<laughs> he's talking to him about finding his authentic swing and like he needs to see the field you know like be the field all this stuff and apparently like he is a hypnotist i guess that's the only way to describe it because like two times in this movie one time he's with hardy and they're like going over the greens for the next day and he starts talking to him and then like his voice starts to echo and like will smith like disappears from the scene and then all of a sudden this kid can like putt really well and it's the same thing with matt damon where like he starts talking to him and then like matt damon like doesn't see anything or anybody except for the the hole and like hits the perfect drive and so like he's in the zone he's like zenned out he's coming back from 12 strokes down to basically like tie it up by the last day when they start to go out and like you know charlie's there and is like we should be together why don't you want to be together he's like because i have ptsd and she's like that's not an excuse <laughs> i guess <laughs> more or less um, other people like one of the one of the golfers he's with is like hey you'd make a great like foil for me and like this harlem globetrotters type exhibition series where like we go and play all around the country and of course like i beat you all the time but like we put on a good show for people um but juna is like the best guy right best guy best golfer he's going to do things the right way he's going to follow his heart he's going to listen to his magical negro caddy he comes back he uh is this close to winning but then his ego gets the best of him he decides he knows better than bagger vance and like shakes a ball into the the sand trap and then he can't get out of the sand trap and then he hits it into the woods and then will smith comes up to him and like again just a whole bunch of like mystical mumbo jumbo about life is made up of moments and like you need to find yourself and your center and all this stuff and then like he hits the ball perfectly out of the forest like onto the green and like they get tied up so like it's the last hole they're all tied um people have come out and like put their headlights on so they can everybody can see the hole matt damon gets close but then like he has some grass under his ball so he moves it but then the ball moves and if you know golf or you don't know golf if your ball moves at all that's a stroke that's a penalty against you and so you know hardy's like oh nobody saw it but us like we don't have to tell anybody and matt damon's like i'm an upstanding white man and i'm gonna tell everybody <laughs> what happened and and you know i don't want to win this way and everybody's like no it's it's fine like don't it's literally take fine the penalty. You, can, you can chill and he's like no i'm gonna do things the right way and at that moment bagger vance is like i've taught you everything i need you to know i'm literally going to walk away <laughs> off the course almost into the ocean like he just walks oh. off the course uh. in the middle of the final hole and um everybody tie like nobody wins everybody ties like it's a tie it's a three-way tie i don't know how they divided up that money they really don't what? explain what happens next because like one of the guys goes on to just play exhibition rounds the other guy retires and then like matt damon and charlie's there and get married but they never really explain what the result of the tournament is. happened <laughs> i guess the movie understood that it wasn't the important thing i guess not because then at the end of the movie i I assume it's all been a framing device around this guy's heart attack because he just wakes up after having maybe a two and a two hour and seven minute heart attack. (laughs) 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 
keeps playing golf. And then, like, I, it's alleged, it's, you know, you're not supposed to know. It's like a, a Inception-type ending. Does he see Bagger Vance in the distance watching him play golf? Or not? Who knows? But he's going to keep playing because what what do they say? It's not about the game. Like, you can't win the game. You just play the game. Oh, yeah, the game like can't, it, you can't win golf. It can only be played or some shit yeah. like that. So and it's like, oh my God. And that's literally the end of the movie. It just, it cuts off. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. Like, and Bagger Vance is like, follow me. And like, he follows him, which I guess is him dying, right? Yes. Is, yeah. I don't know. I was like, is he the grim homie of the like, great beyond? <laughs> like, wow. What else does Bagger Vance do? He does every kind of super, he's just a supernatural concierge. He just. <laughs> well, look. <laughs> First of all, before I go any further, a salute from us to Tevin Campbell for, yes. for, for living his Shout out to Tevin. For living his uh, yes. whole life. We appreciate and, and him. For, and for saying something. He doesn't have to tell us shit. Yeah. And he did. I love him. So salute to Definitely him. Respect. An icon. Incredibly yeah. correct. He did not have to say anything to us. And shout out you for telling us. Yep. But I have a couple of questions about this movie. <laughs> Cameron, I, you feel free to weigh in, right? Like, even if you did see the movie, because I think this is... <laughs> Please, uh, this is, and this ask is, questions. No, no okay, question okay. is too dumb. But I think this is something okay. that you, you can have an opinion on, because it is just one of these things that the movie doesn't know what it wants. My yeah. question is, is Bagger Vance real? Amanda, oh. what do you think? Is Bagger Vance a real person? Hell No. <laughs> you, did, what, got a question just, did you did you ever eat, see him eat food in the movie he doesn't eat but no, he takes a pair of shoes he, <laughs> he, he can wear shoes he, he we see matt him damon put on shoes, shoes. Um, he, he talks to matt damon but it's not a sixth sense situation because he also talks to hardy and he also talks to Charlize theron and like other people like when he's leaving other the people course, perceive him you're right yeah. Everyone can see him. So everybody can see him and talk to him. He doesn't talk to any other black people, though. Uh, maybe a conscious choice. But he... <laughs> there also aren't many. There's a whole... I mean, that's a whole other conversation yeah, we'll about the about setting. And, yeah. But, but yeah. So, like, people see him, talk to him, question him. But he seemingly exists specifically to help Matt Damon get better at golf. Like that's his swing back. O- the only thing he wants to do. He has no yes. other desires. He has no other interest. We don't exactly. know anything else about him except that he literally came out of the dark <laughs> to help Matt Damon be better at golf. And like, it's and confusing. no one wanted to beat his ass. Like he was a random black man that came out of the woods, and everybody trusted him in the 1930s. In the middle of the night, in southern Bruh. southern georgia Savannah. i know in new jersey you can't do that in right <laughs> look message right i don't know <laughs> i've got okay. questions but <laughs> yeah there's a neighborhood just two miles away from me if i was walking around there would be shut it I'm down saying, i'm just saying not only that just in the current day you can't go onto a golf course 
in a lot of places are up. black. You know what I mean? Like they will call no. security or the cops on you. Like exactly. And ultimately, all of this movie is a bunch of setup to talk about the one time I helped a guy bring his black friend to the country club. <laughs> you wow. Know? Wow. In a way, that's kind of all this is happening. Yeah. Do, you think, do you think this is a possible like move by Robert Redford to be like, I have friends who are Black. They do come with me to the country club. I know Black people that golf who aren't Tiger Woods. Uh, I don't know anything about Robert Redford's upbringing, but you know, he's he's a white guy who's what born in like the 20s or 30s or something so he's you know yeah. we have an idea i guess he definitely like has what an his biases are yeah definitely you're, you're yes that he also does have an affinity for like the old america mm-hmm. yeah, turn of the century america and this having appeared in what the same... a disney-esque kind of toxic nostalgia kind of yeah <laughs> Yeah. yeah, actually that, that. I mean, he's he, he has spent quite a bit of his career caught up with that, appearing in this thing, uh, Butch Cassidy and Sundance Kid, uh, which is what he, he ended up founding, the Sundance mm-hmm. Film Festival and naming it after such, uh, mm-hmm. and then directing this film, which also takes place, what, 1930s? I'm taking yeah. It. He's very interested in American mythology and like adding Mm. to that canon. And he really, it really felt like one of those obvious, oh, I'm going to give me an Oscar with this one. I think a lot of people thought that, but. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the the problem, I mean, well, all right, first let's finish this thought because I I feel like Bagger Vance, like it is very confusing right to kind of try to frame the movie as they do because i i think if they're going off of the bhagavad gita which i think this is what they're telling us like that's that's a it's a different story right it doesn't take place in 1930s depression america and like it is it it is about you know kind of the letting go of you know the past and the traumas and and overcoming that to live in the present in the moment you know but like it's a bigger epic story and this Mm. is like this white man just doesn't want to play golf anymore (laughs) it's seriously the the setup is what if a rich white man was bad at golf (laughs) like (laughs) the shame all the white people going to see this movie I'm, i'm going to go to see the fantasy movie Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> the one about Matt Damon can't play golf. <laughs> <laughs> well, because it's like it's he's he's you know this folk hero oh, wow. of sorts, and you know we're supposed to like get into his you know past and and feel for him in some way, but like I didn't feel anything for him, and then like for Bagger Vance <laughs> to come in and like give this man his sole attention. Right, because it's it's. I'm gonna go with the side that he is not. He is. He can't be a person. You know what I mean? Because no person would act or do these kinds of things. I mean, we've talked about this before with Driving Miss Daisy. Like Morgan Freeman, no black person would ever do what he did. But no person also like no just regular. Yeah, no like (laughs) self-respecting like like human of their senses. 
because voluntarily there's there's altruism and there's selflessness right there's helping others without desire of reward and all that stuff right but then there's doing it repeatedly for a single person who does not reciprocate right like Mm -hmm. at a certain point you would just say Mm. not even i'm not getting anything out of this but like why am (laughs) so like this person who is not a blood relative you know my child you know my like partner or anything like that this person that doesn't have like any deep ties to me i'm just gonna go out of my way to like help them no matter how they treat me no matter if they take my help no matter like what happens i'm gonna be there for them until finally they overcome whatever challenge they're going through and it's they're going through yes no i because i don't my, my desires are their desires i don't have my own i just want to help them do whatever it is they want to do and so like for matt damon's desires to be so small you know what i mean like i just i was really good at golf and then i went to war and now i don't want to do anything anymore and like the whole concept you see he came from a from a wealthy (laughs) important pillar of the community type family and he's fallen from grace right (laughs) the the whole the whole idea is that you know well golf and life are like one and the same and so like you know when you find your stroke on the golf course you find yourself and who you are as a person and like you know letting go of you know your feelings out here on the course you know you can let go of the all this other stuff and it's like I guess, but like, can we give can to we give find this your t- authentic stroke? <laughs> That's what he said. The authentic, and they kept saying authentic stroke, and I just kept going. <laughs> <laughs> but like, if you gotta this say is- pause, Granddad. You gotta say pause. <laughs> if this is the movie we're gonna make, though, like, can we make? Matt Damon's character, somebody that like I give a shit about. Like, can we do it in at a all, way where right? I like there's more stakes than just like because Charlize Theron's character, like she was just like whatever you want to do. Like I have not done anything with my life for twelve years. You know, like I married this man or whatever, and like because you went to war and came back and were sad. But, like, I still love you, and, like, I will always love you, and, like, there's literally nothing that you could do that I wouldn't love you. Like, they make up at least four times in the movie. Until yeah, they so like, get married. Damn. So, like, it's no agonizing, time. flirting <laughs> yeah. around. Oh, are we getting back together? No, we're not getting back together. Oh, but we might be. And then, you know, then it happens. There's the, well, a terrible dance scene. Well, there's, there's a very bizarre scene where... It's the final day, right? And, like, now all the women are paying attention to Juna. And so, like, Charlize Theron is like, I ain't having none of that. (laughs) I've waited 12 years for this, and nobody's stepping in and cutting me off. And she, like, approaches him while he's playing and, like, pulls him off to the side. And is basically like, there's nothing that you have gone through in these 12 years that's worse than what I've gone through of like waiting around and not knowing whether or not like you Wait, still cared for me in her daddy's like, mansion eating her snacks <laughs> i was like woman. this man watched men die in war <laughs> yeah you saw that 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 those war scenes those blurry trees it was, he was in the shit 
don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it was pretty bad. I mean, Charlize's character is starting to remind me of that meme of the girl in church who confessed to her entire congregation, quote unquote, had no sex <laughs> and then ran out of there crying. <laughs> You've never seen this video? It's the funniest video on the internet. We'll, we'll watch this later. I, yeah, I mean, we'll all watch it that. later. It's, Thank but you. That's what she reminds me of. Uh, yeah. Celibacy to a fault. <laughs> it's just crazy because it's just like none of these characters feel essential to the story that I'm watching. And I'm just like, how did you do that with everybody? How does everybody feel like they could not be in the movie and it wouldn't matter at all? Uh, so, it's true. But, <laughs> it is just like, I think that leads to the second question, though. Is like, it, So I guess we decided that Bagger Vance is not a real person. That Bagger Vance is, is he God? Is he like a figment? Of, we can't be that a figment of Matt ghost, Damon's bro. imagination. But he, he a ghost. is he a ghost? Is he an angel? Is he... Um, like his guardian angel or i you know it's unclear what is he the grim oh yeah he could be um (laughs) he could be uh della reese from touched by an angel it could be that kind of situation yeah that kind of thing uh like a clarence kind of thing um but mostly he just kind of seemed like uh a poochie almost like a 1930 (laughs) poochie where it's like (laughs) Because he was just like, he can do it all. Like he was just, it was like, oh, great. He's, he seems to have advice for everyone yeah. about everything. Uh, but, but the nigga don't have shoes. Doesn't have shoes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm supposed to be listening to you. And then oh literally, literally, literally just says, my work is done. And just starts walking off There's the course. There's no more. For real, the scene goes like my work to the beat. Yes, he just and everyone's booing him. The mayor (laughs) of Savannah is there in his big bully coat and is like, "Nigga, where are you? you Walk away, (laughs) you never caddy in Savannah again." He was like, "I don't care. I'm a ghost. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not even here, bro. You can't Jim Crow this ghost. (laughs) I've already Jim Crowed myself." I am him. <laughs> <laughs> well, because it's he might as well have just like evaporated, right? Like he might as well have just literally <laughs> faded away <laughs> as he walked away from the course. Because then nobody ever, nobody's like, "Hey, whatever happened to Bagger Van?" Like nobody gives a shit. Like once he's gone, it's like, who? <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, you expect me to remember the name of a black person? <laughs> no. I guess yeah, there was some guy saying some funny shit to me, but I don't know. I, my my life is better now, so you know, better not to think about it. Uh, <laughs> but I guess it's so you know, for the purposes of this show, like I don't know if he is a there's a white savior in this movie because Matt Damon certainly doesn't save anybody but it's definitely like the most magical of negroes like he is like he is actual magic almost yeah yeah this is an interesting case where in the historical film 
and like in this book and in the adaptation, which like we can talk about, like, I don't know what they were thinking. I don't know what, how this book is structured and I will never read it, no. but there had to be a better <laughs> way to adapt that shit. The pacing is nuts. It's just not there. Um, yeah. And like, where's the editor? Um, but, oh my God. Uh, I, I just think, uh, I think uh, Robert Redford needed to, just kind of step back and go, wait, why are we making this? It's really more of like a self-preserving sort of sanitizing of a legacy type of it, like per project as opposed to inserting yourself in the struggle of someone else and saying, look how we fixed it. See, we've always been good. It's not all of mm. us, we're, you know, and mm. look and look how much better you have it now. So shut up, you ingrates. Uh, like in the case <laughs> of like most movies, like, you know, Hidden Figures and all these other ones um, where it's like, take the crumbs. Well, this take is them. crazy though, because this movie, mm. there is no racism. No, like, they, they erase it. It's completely omitted. And it's part of the reason why the movie doesn't make sense. It's like in this like pure nostalgia time capsule that scrubs out and like having it in like the like lowest of low country in Savannah where it's all genteel, high status people as like a dodge of like, well, you know, but like we don't even see it like black folks cast as servants to the degree that they should have been for the mm. era there's a lot of mm. choices to not show things the way they actually would have been in 1930 and it's like 1930 of all times it's like world war one like right after world war one was a bloodbath but 1930 it's like the tribalism keeps getting worse. The the Nazism really starts rebubbling up in America. Mm -hmm. It's like, I can't imagine <laughs> a, a way where you can depict Savannah, Georgia in 1930 without any of it. And it's just, it's part of the reason why we just feel like we're fucking suspended in jello. <laughs> Black people mm. are walking around in this movie as if it's just like another day. They're just yeah. chilling, hanging out. They're mixing with white people in a way that I was like, I don't, this feels very wrong, right? Because there's a yeah. scene where, like, Juna is, like, <laughs> uh, basically going to quit. Like, he's just trying to, like, leave town. And, like, he's driving down the road. And then, like, people are coming after his car. And they're like, yo, Juna, like, you're going you're gonna to be great. You're going to win the tournament. Like, we can't wait to see you. But it's like, you know black people white people rich people poor people like everybody just starts to chase his car people and then they all like merge around his car and are like you know cheering him on black person touched a white person they would have got lunch that night like it would have been yeah a situation Especially where like they were like please get into my personal space like even if we're really excited about this one thing like yeah do not even like like people got lynched because you looked at them exactly you know I mean? like, there's a like... moment i that's like burned in my brain when like juna gets a real good putt and you see the crowd and they're packed so close together and there's a fucking black dude next to a white woman and they look at each other and almost high five and it's yeah. like <laughs> what are we doing no. <laughs> and it's like so the whole movie right like 
Bagger Vance is the only black person who has any lines. Uh, he doesn't talk to any other black people. No other black people really say or do anything. One of the uh, other golfers has a black caddy. The other golfer has a South Asian caddy. Uh, oh, yeah. There's a lot of weird coding in who they chose as the competition. It's like yeah. you have like the guy who's like the, you know, like he looks like the Western civilization man meme, yeah. <laughs> just like blonde, <laughs> the perfect height and just like crisp sweater and those like balloony golf pants they used to wear. Yeah. Good and then morals, you have very respectable. Exactly. The most like upstanding. And then you have like the showy, gaudy, gluttonous guy. And of course he is larger bodied, darker haired, has more maybe Eastern European features. It's a little, it's a little sus. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's also like a perv. He's like golfing into people's yeah. bosom and stuff. That was wild. That wasn't yeah. expecting that scene. That was a real, that was a real trip. <laughs> wasn't expecting that. <laughs> nope. But that's it. Like those, those, all the other people of color exist in this movie as like background and like just color of the times. You know what I mean? Like they, they just happen to be there at the time when this movie was happening. But like, there's no even the the people that Matt Damon is playing cards with is kind of like, you know, just colorful additions to this town in Savannah and not yeah. like actual human beings are people and so like wouldn't wouldn't that be nice if that's what white people originally thought of black people like oh they're just so colorful right Mm. no like i mean (laughs) you look at the set deck and you look at the lighting and the way it's shot and the the black men in the house like they don't have names so there's Mm. just a lot of hooting and hollering Mm -hmm. um everyone almost looks like a, a blackface caricature because of the way it's shot like everyone looks fucking pitch dark and you can barely kind of read them as people yep. and everyone is greasy and sweaty everyone yep. including juna so like all of that is a tableau that's try and it's a flop house it's like you know the card table sucks and there's like but open bottles the of whiskey of his house too it's like a weird like it's like the garage. So yeah. that even makes it seem like, oh yeah, wow, he's down and out and he's just playing with a bunch of other poor, broke degenerates. Yeah. Um, but but even he is smart enough not to let the niggas in his house. <laughs> Don't let them in there. Don't it's let them in the house. Judah never, besides Bagger Vance, talks to a single other black person for the rest of the movie. No, like it's, it's just that one time in his shack and the in his hallucination. Never, yeah. never another black person says a word to him, nor does he speak to another black person for yeah. the rest of the film. And it's just it, like, well, it's, it's just strange because it's like people treat Bagger Vance as if like, of course, <laughs> like that because it's like. To to think oh, that's about, Vince. <laughs> yeah, well, to think about at least in the, in the way that the movie portrays it, right? The caddy is not the guy who gets you the clubs. Like the caddy is the guy who like reads the greens for you and like gives you advice on how to play and like has you know uh, all this other information. He's basically like your coach as well as you know like the person who's helping you carry the bags around, right? So like mm-hmm. in the sense of what 
life probably was like. I don't think a lot of people had black caddies. They probably had bag boys. They probably had people who carried the bags for them. But I don't think they were like, yes, a black man who I don't allow to play golf. (laughs) Honestly, even then, it would barely be a bellhop situation. Like someone who's just going to take something door to door or whatever. It's not going to be a long-term thing. And they would never need to learn your name. You would always be boy. And like, yeah, in this context, it's an exhibition match. It's all about putting over to use wrestling speak yeah. this this uh this resort land that that uh former rich daddy's you know single daughter is trying to you know keep keep her hands on and yeah. also increase its value for her and her family and then these two golfers that she's going to sell all her shit for to win uh money for them who are also already rich mm-hmm. and like bagger vance is here to help juna who's who's a former wealthy genteel who's fallen from grace but with his wisdom he can re he can reclaim his status and his and his importance and his power and uh all of it is in service of establishing reaffirming supporting the succession like the, the the success of the fucking jim crow south it's like all about keeping things the way they are like every every win really is about that for all of the principal characters who have things that need to be won um it's wild and to like reclaim you know the 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 best socialite in savannah's love and all of it is just just to bring us right back it's a fucking ouroboros what's the fucking (laughs) point well it brings us to mix a little bit of the behind the scenes or at least the reception to this movie because spike lee as you might guess did not like this movie like he doesn't like a lot of these movies <laughs> I'm sorry, they, they just keep asking this man when the bullshit comes out i yeah. feel like they just look to the poster and like what do you think man <laughs> and you know yeah. what you think. He, we all know what he thinks they're they're the fucking rap sites that just retweet things saying thoughts <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> Well, he was he was speaking at Yale in 2000 when this movie came out and similarly at the same time. So I never saw this, but the movie Family Man with Nicolas Cage, which had um, Don Cheadle as a similar magical Negro. And then Green Mile had also recently come out, which was also Michael Clark Duncan as a similar magical Negro. So like Mm -hmm. Spike Lee was just kind of bemoaning them all, you know, in, in one long rant but it was basically like you're telling me that bagger vance in 1930s savannah georgia is like instead of stopping lynchings or like helping <laughs> black people with his mystical powers decides to help matt damon get his golf swing back you know what i mean yeah exactly <laughs> of all things why is he interested in this and <laughs> this man needs my help yeah I'm it's important help. Uh, important thing I love about white media telling on itself is those telling omissions. And it's always, it, the pattern has never been like clear that the white character that you're supposed to care about will only love and trust a black character who doesn't talk to other black characters it's mm-hmm. never the case and so that is its own fucking statement and 
like yeah it's 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 kind of wild uh it's like oh yeah okay yeah you're making it very clear you really you're really so afraid of <laughs> when 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 like two or more of them are together and they start talking and they realize it, yeah it's like it's that that goes back to that classic fear it never goes away oh there's more than two of them we need to fucking keep an eye on this uh story developing breaking get the get the news coppers here anyway just in case what y'all talking about yeah, what well, 11 11 two negroes conversate we are waiting for an uber <laughs> Sir, stop <laughs> filming me. <laughs> I'm waiting for an Uber. <laughs> it's just, I just want to keep the neighborhood safe. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's like to to bring it all back to Bagger Vance possibly being God or some kind of angelic figure. All the things that are happening in Georgia specifically <laughs> in the 1930s. And you're just going to like big step over all of that <laughs> to get to Matt Damon because he's kind of sad and wouldn't it be nice if he and Charlize Theron rekindled their love and it's just like but like every, every, everything else going on around not even just I mean like the Great Depression is happening right like There's that's that. the, the backdrop of this movie black people are being lynched at an alarming rate in this state like specifically <laughs> also not just, happening yeah not just the south but georgia very specifically like we'll get to that in a second and then like world war Two is like on the horizon like all these things are going on and at least the movie is telling me that god's number one concern at the moment <laughs> is like finding matt damon's authentic stroke and like not this white man. solving any of the other problems which which i think also brings me to this question and i i i kind of already know the answer but it does raise the question of like for for black people specifically like is magical realism an option because like this is a movie that is very much mm. so like in that magical realism space where we're kind of dealing with things that are somewhat mystical and mm -hmm. like spiritual and about the connection of all things to each other and you know all that stuff and like i think it's fine if it's about black people you know like black people can be mystical and magical in black spaces or at least spaces with other people of color but whenever we are mystical it usually seems to be at the service of a white person specifically and like people have talked about bagger vance not only being like <laughs> like generally subservient but like seemingly like agendaless like sexless like just like the mm -hmm. most docile like nothing of a person where like yes. there's no no threat you know, like no, they're, right. they're waving the detector over. Yeah. No threat detected. <laughs> These are the two ways, <laughs> the two flavors you get. Black men that you're not supposed to get a blood pressure spike from is you feminize them, you you big mama's house them, yeah. or you know, or you do this, you you magicalize them. Nobody you know, was worried about him. Yeah. Nobody was you know. worried about him and any of these other white women around the golf course. Like it was just fine that he was there. 
walking around. No, it's no all good. <laughs> Don't worry about him. He knows his place. Thank you. Thank you, know. you, boy. And that's the thing. I mean, again, like not only are lynchings happening at an alarming rate, but they're happening specifically because either white women or white men for the quote unquote protection of white women are just baseless allegations against anybody they think may have even looked in the direction of a white woman. You know what I mean? And so like exactly for yes. Bagger Vance to just be <laughs> gallivanting be around this like high class social club. Notice he wasn't invited to the party that Judah went to. Like he couldn't get in there. Where would they he... mail the address? <laughs> Where would they mail the invite? I don't... Was he living with Judah? Like I got maybe the slight That's a inclination great question that, about like, how because unless he was, I mean, they weren't spending every hour of the day together. So he had to go somewhere. somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Back into the woods, to the beach. <laughs> they put him in the closet and he just he just stared at the wall until it was time to come out of here. He, t- no, he, he ties <laughs> the, the cloth from his bindle on the tree and turns it into a hammock. See? He's oh, no. fine. Oh, uh, no. I don't know. <laughs> the very song of the selfie. Listen, I mean, that's the vibe. It's the category is, (laughs) you know, (laughs) like very much zippity doo dah. (laughs) But what do you guys think about about blackness and magical realism? I mean, I know there's there's space for it, but again, so much of the time that space is kind of shoved into these stories about white people, Uh, and I'm I'm just wondering, like, if there's space for us to tell those stories either about ourselves or at least be involved in stories that are that, that don't have us showing up to tell white people the, you know, meaning of life. It's an amazing question. I, my, I, one of my favorite things to do is to question the premise of, of pretty much everything. And, you know, as a comic book editor, that's what I'm doing a lot of the time, but like the premise of your magical realism, it's like, where, where is, where is the magic supposed to happen? Because mm-hmm. if you're if you're creating a new space entirely that isn't governed by the rules <laughs> that we're the systems that we're all subject to in this reality, um, you can't make any story that's supposed to be reality-like yeah. if you know that's set in this world in this time as it is. Um, without making a magical realism system that acknowledges the positionality of the character um, and where they are and who they're around. I mean, like, like, yeah, the purest version of that is a Wakanda type situation, but um, you know, like Killmonger rightly points out, it's like, you, how do you live in a vacuum? Um, who gets to be chosen to live in that magical vacuum? Is it all Black people? Is it all people? Um, there's just so many questions to ask. And I, these are questions that people don't usually ask. They're thinking more about, you know, sort of painting by numbers with these tropes, especially mm-hmm. in a situation like Bagger Vance, where the whole project is around white saviorism for the white legacy. And like the sort of fighting and saving the reputation 
and of, of, of white people um, is, you know, which is like a unique kind of white savior movie to talk about yeah. on this podcast. So I guess there's that going for it, baby. Um, <laughs> other than that, <laughs> um, I don't know. Those are my first thoughts. What do you think, Cameron? Magical realism, magical realism is tough for Black people, I think maybe because it's kind of like what we talk about on this podcast, like who tells our stories, right? So we do have like a culture that, you know, deals with things like, you know, voodoo, which is very real in some cultures, Santeria is very real in some cultures, things like that. Mm -hmm. And actually, sadly, we're watching this movie right now for next week, but, uh, they deal with it in this movie that, you know, if you listen, you'll find out what the movie is. But in this movie, <laughs> they use uh, the kind of magical aspects of a culture that they obviously don't align themselves with to, you know, color the horror of this horror movie. And in this case, they use like, I don't know, it's like the American trope of saving like, of, of, of like, there, there's somebody mystical out there, you know, ready to help you depending on the situation. And they use that, but they don't really explore the optics of what they're doing. This is a problem I just rub up against in movies all the time, which is yeah. like movies are a visual medium, right? <laughs> if I'm looking at something, everything, Barry Jenkins has an interview where he says, you know, you have those four frames, right? You just have those four frames. Anything you put inside those frames is up to you which means at any given moment, it's your decision, the director or whoever you know worked on making this shot look like such. So you've got to understand the optics of having a black man in a racist, in a like ultra racist setting, by the way, 1930s Savannah, Georgia, my 30 year old black ass in 2022 never wants to travel back there. No. I don't want to explore there ever. <laughs> I don't want to go back to yesterday. this terrifies me it terrifies 1930s savannah georgia get me out of there (laughs) it's so scary my uncle craig told me once about so like my my dad's side of the family is mostly from like durant mississippi just deep in the Mm. muck mississippi Mm. um and uh they had you know left in the great migration and we're in illinois but my uncle craig got to visit a few times as a kid and every time he'd go it literally felt like he was entering like out of a time machine because Ugh. it would just re- it was just so stuck and then i mean houses still had outhouses out back mm-hmm. and shit in some places and so he's he just like is like traumatized just from looking at just from visiting where his parents and aunties and uncles grew up, you know. Yeah, those places like, in the those places in the deep south are like you know yeah. living museums, you know. Truly, uh, a a combination of like racism, lack of funds, and pride has kept those areas oh, yeah. looking like they do. Yeah, and continuous so- disinvestment, and then continuously pushing people deeper into the climate disaster so they get washed away and they don't get FEMA money to fix it. Yeah. Well, Mississippi flag had the stars and bars on it until three years ago. You know, that's, that's the story <laughs> in America. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so to have like the optics of like a bagger Vance, a, a Will Smith in this place is like, just very like, 
what's the word? Very um un fucked up. It, this guy is definitely <laughs> yeah. fucked up, but it's also careless. It's careless. Like oh, sure. you know it what you're doing. So careless. You know what you're doing, right? Well, I think that's that's part of it, right? Like I'm not quite sure. I'm never going to read this book. I'm going to assume <laughs> that it is probably somewhat the same in that like race isn't what's important and so we're not gonna address it mm-hmm. and talk about it right. and you know let's let's think about you know because it has this movie has a very like field of dreams ask like you know it's it's a beautiful game and like let's really like you know all about romanticizing out. every fucking dry detail <laughs> yeah yeah like we really want to draw these strong parallels between like life lessons and like you know the meaning of life in this specific sport so like we're sport. gonna really like drive these things home um but you know i think a lot about the two stories um and I just, I was trying to think of the name of this book and I think I remembered it. <laughs> it took me a long time. Uh, well, cause there's the Toni Morrison book that has shades of, um, you know, the flying black person myth. Uh, right. For, right. Forgetting what that is called. Um, but then uh, there's a book called Montgomery's children, uh, which is similar to that. That has a character that is kind of like, um, you know, he, he lives on his own. He kind of wanders off into the woods and, like, you know, has memories of flying. But, like, everybody thinks he's crazy. And then at the end of the novel, like, he, you know, takes off and flies away. Mm. Um, but, you know, like, that that kind of thing where, like, that those stories are rooted very much so in, like, not only just, like, African, like, mysticism and, like, um, mythology in and of itself, right? But we're mm. also kind of this transference of, like, black escapism like man what if we could just like fly the yeah. fuck out of here and like away. yeah and, no you know, it was a thing that like was was predominantly you know grew out of um slavery but like persisted right. throughout you know because that was the same feeling that people had of just like man it'd be great if i could just uh skip over that i mean initially it was like if we just get on the other side of the ocean <laughs> Pretty I mean, great, but... yeah. No, that's a and that and that must persist. I, I remember reading um Tar Beach when I was a kid, mm. the Faith Ringgold book mm-hmm. about uh kind of like these kids who are going on this journey of New York City buildings below, and you get these beautiful like uh cloth collages that Faith Ringgold used to do, and that's like the illustrations of the book. Um, yeah, but yeah. That and and that myth does persist. It does. I think, I think that's the kind of mysticism that like we could use. You know what I mean? Like I, I think black people definitely we're not against it, and I think we very much can exist within it. But mm-hmm. so much mm-hmm. of these stories, oftentimes, either take place at the service of white people, mm-hmm. or like you know, are aren't centered in a way where I think you know it'd be right. nice to see us have. The opportunity to kind of exist, you know, in those in those worlds and those spaces, because I think there's interesting stories to tell. Yeah, exactly. That's so true. It's like, how do you tell? How do you get the freedom to mm-hmm. and trust? Most importantly, the trust in others to let you be authentic enough to mm-hmm. do those things without tampering. And also, it's just this system we're in isn't built for us to make our best art. It's meant, it's meant for folks to, it's meant for white folks to make the most money off of 
shit that the most rich and famous white people get to do. And then every so often they get to let some other people who are really good show ponies get a get a lick, you know, but it's yeah. not, you know, who who owns masters, who owns like copyrights to things like there's it's just it's it's never us. You know, well, the there's is, like three of us that own yeah. their shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing is, though, like every time that they do give opportunities for, you know, minorities to, to tell their own stories, they do make a lot of money. <laughs> they do because they know time. that we want them, but they yeah. but the system in place needs to be able the those people need to control how well, it's sadly. presented their that that ego shit and all of that shame mm -hmm. uh you know that trigger response well sadly the money is going to uh people like your good old friend tyler perry who Yee. the mm -hmm. trailer for his new phone dropped today i have not seen it yet yeah and they keep throwing money at charlemagne the god they keep retooling right. his show how many Ooh. times have they re retooled that shit it has a different title mm -hmm. every time i see a promo for it when i'm watching no the thanks. daily show <laughs> mm -hmm. not interested and the, no uh, thanks i think I, I i think the tyler perry's movie because it's actually set in the same time period america's 1920s roaring 20s and 1930s <laughs> it's called the jazz man's blues Oh, this is gonna yeah. be who has AIDS? <laughs> I yeah. didn't say nothing. Yet. Is it heroin <laughs> AIDS or sex AIDS? <laughs> what what woman is gonna die an untimely death due to uh, cheating on her spouse? And uh, well, she's yeah. not gonna. Who, who which God, women will be punished for pursuing pleasure? <laughs> well, like she's be punished because she is a white woman. So or a white passing woman so she gonna be all right okay yeah all right we'll see about uh, that yeah, I, don't yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if tyler perry can help himself uh. these are the people who stories and on these levels and sadly the only people who want who want to tell stories about baggers are old white men like baggers, baggers dancing around dancing around <laughs> Is your good friend Robert Redford, who's like what seventy something when he made this movie? Probably. Come on. Yeah, I feel like somebody did yeah. say "bagger" with a hard R. In the <laughs> <laughs> oh my then, god, "bagger" with the, a hard R is absolutely the title but of then this the track. Then the black PA showed up and wrote "bagger" with an A. Failing. He was like, "I got you, bro. I got you. I know they don't respect you out here. Got to go." Yeah. And then a uh, copy editor came in and put an apostrophe out. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta do something. You gotta do something or it's gonna get flagged. Hey, <laughs> Charles, uh, gonna tell well, somebody. I'll tell you here. as an editor how many times I've had to, to pull people off the ledge trying to edit Oof. AAVE. <laughs> I'd love to hear well, that. Uh, some interesting tidbits about this movie, uh, at least because, you know, I, I did as much research as I could stomach. Uh, so that's I've, real I've done, that's self-care that's self-care the last couple of weeks yeah i've 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 watched the, after the we haven't done the episode yet but we're we're gonna do the cricket stance and after listening to nearly two hours of that woman talk i feel like i've uh need a little bit of oh. Oh. uh will smith did comment about being in this movie though um way back in 2000 when I was getting ready to come out. He was doing some press. He talks about 
why he wanted to be in the Legend of Batman Vance. He says, I ran into Steven Spielberg at a party, and I jokingly asked him why he never hired me for his movies. Um, and Steven said, oh, you're too big for my movies. And I laughed it off, and I said, what the heck is that supposed to mean? Am I too tall? But it clicked in my mind. The persona I created had become too big for the stories I wanted to tell. I had started to overshadow the characters I play. People see me on screen and go, oh, look, it's Will Smith. So he thought that taking a role like The Legend of Bagger Vance, this Robert Redford directed period drama, would kind of allow him to move away from the larger than life Will Smith persona that he had created. He says, I thought Bagger Vance was a great opportunity for me to just turn it off. Um, this is the first time in my career that I completely surrendered all my instincts and my natural desire to bend scenes into the Will Smith thing. I just completely gave myself as a tool to Robert Redford to create the film that he wanted to create. So this is the man who ushered in the Willennium <laughs> just months ago. That album dropped in November of '99. It's a 2000 album, essentially. Yes. I. Mm, that's that is some like that agent, whoever he was, who was getting a slice of those checks, did a great job writing that. I don't know about um, Spielberg there because he also like right after he said that to him, he proceeds to put Tom Cruise in like two movies back to back. But then doesn't Will Smith also go on to do Iron Man? <laughs> mm, mm. So I feel things like get, things get murky. Will started going for the Oscar bag and it didn't work. And so he pivoted again, yeah. then repivoted, and then, then went back he, to he bad got boys. It eventually. It's he got it. Yeah. So thinking yeah. about his performance in that light, the way yeah. that he just described it as being a tool of Robert Redford, it is. The problem with this movie, first and foremost, is that it's really boring, right? So it's a choice it to watch. It is slow as shit. It is slow like molasses, as like the fucking mayor would say. <laughs> you know, just real, just long, labored, florid language, lines that didn't need to exist, scenes no. that didn't need Oof. to exist. But it's Will Smith, right? At maybe the peak. Definitely of close right? to the peak, if not there. Exactly. Kind of, honestly, and it's you think such an L. <laughs> yeah, using him as if Robert Redford's going to use him as a vehicle to tell his story. It seems like his idea was just like, what if you just kind of languidly walked into scenes and like just uh spun this like soliloquy at matt damon for seemingly two to three minutes at a time and then like matt damon hit a golf ball like that's kind of like the rhythm of the movie mm -hmm. and okay will smith right you don't want to <laughs> you know like come in and like do like you know, all the time. <laughs> i do that all the time around the house <laughs> but uh, yeah. like you tried to move your you tried to move yourself away from that i sure okay but like this role questionable because originally in this role was going to be it was going to be robert redford himself and Morgan Freeman was the original oh, casting choice, but then Robert they keep Redford. trying to make my boy Morgan <laughs> drive around. His I don't know if they keep trying or if he just someplace. keeps saying yes. <laughs> Listen, Morgan Freeman knows how to make decisions. He also made a decision to marry like a niece or something who was like a like a full fifty yeah. years younger than him, like. 
Morgan Freeman makes some decisions. Why? What's, what's up with Morgan Freeman? Where it's just like, I look at you and I, I see you needing to save America from itself. I mean, he probably does fit what they think of when they think of Bagger Vance. It's like Morgan Freeman's going to come in, tell me how to fix my life. He's not going to threaten me in any way. Uh, he's got that earring. It makes me feel safe. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> you know, so I'll be good to you. There's not really. There's I'll, not... <laughs> I'll be good to you. <laughs> oh but, my god! <laughs> but like for Will Smith to want to, I feel like Will Smith at that time could have done anything, anything, anything. Right? You know what I mean? Like any movie he wanted to make, truly specifically like a big, like dramatic yeah. piece. Like he could have done whatever so like for him to choose this movie okay it's robert redford you know big name you know like matt damon you know another big name charlie's there some great actors but like the script itself is like right because brad pitt turned down the role wait brad pitt turned down how do you read that script and go this will be great for me like brad pitt was going to be matt damon's character not okay i'm just making sure yeah But it's like, if you're going to do a period, because, you know, he had done, um, what was the, what was his first big dramatic role? I'm blanking on it. Will Smith? Yeah. Well, there's... Um, was it Separation? What was it? Uh, six Degrees of Separation. Six Separation. Adaptation of... Yeah. That's the right. John White about a homosexual boy who ingratiates himself with a... Rich white family on the Upper West Side of New York City. Yeah, during so, the eighties AIDS crisis. I th- I think that in that movie he showed that like if he wants to do some drama, like he's got the chops and the ability to do it. I know a lot of people, you know, knew him from his bigger action roles and like comedy roles and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. this is just such a weird. Ch- I mean, he makes a lot of weird choices. You know what I mean? Like I think that's just the Will Smith experience. But like. This was well because then he goes and then he does Ali. So if he had just waited a year. right after and devotes <laughs> himself so much to the role, like he's so good in that movie, yeah, it's insane. Like he could have just not done this movie and done Ali, and it would have been fine. But for some reason, you he know, felt like he needed to jump into this role, and there's really a no role to be had, and two, like to like again, like I understand wanting to try to be something but he's not really a chameleon right like he is will smith like he is one of these not daniel day lewis he's not going to surprise yes. you yes it is always will smith never gonna in the know. role yeah yeah so, he's like, a distinct personality you can't just like turn him into a capital a actor in a black turtleneck you know <laughs> he's not going to embody anything other than himself but he doesn't really need to, though, because I think people love him enough and like want exactly. to see him in things enough. And he's a right. good enough actor that you could see him either with the, he's playing a historical figure like Muhammad Ali or, you know, like he wants to play because he went on to play a couple of dramatic roles. I mean, he did um, Pursuit of Happiness and um, mm-hmm. Seven Pounds, Seven Pounds and some right. other movies. Not all of them are great. I think he uh, can't all be winners. You know, he's he's got the ability and was one of the few black actors in Hollywood that kind of did have his choice of role. Like people wanted to cast Will Smith. Like it wasn't just like a thing where it was like, you know, maybe he wasn't necessarily 
neck for neck in roles with Brad Pitt and like some of these other people, but he was, he was the up closest there. black actor that was Certainly. in that space, you know, able to kind of, you know, vie for those roles. So, but what makes me like spin my head is that like Muhammad Ali would punch the shit out of Bagger Vance if Absolutely. they met. Absolutely. Like, Absolutely. Like, Get this coon out of my face. I don't, want, I don't I'm not looking at him. Get this guy on my face. I, I know he, I know I just know Muhammad Ali would be like I'm People not can't see cameras bullshit. doing the head movements right now. Oh, one thousand percent. Yeah. You gotta do it. You gotta do it. You're like, you it. would pity him. Is that, <laughs> well, let's talk about that because I wonder like if as we talk about all the time when we watch these movies, if we're supposed to be Bagger Vance. Did white people, the white people who made this movie, think that black people would identify with Bagger Vance in some way? Because, like, right. I, I, I don't think it was, was like, even considered. Probably not. Mm. Yeah, I don't think mm. I don't think black people were one of the quadrants in. <laughs> Could you imagine, in, like, in the, the test marketing plan? I just don't like think as the so. black person, you get the you get the little sheet in the test screening, and it's like, who did you see yourself in as in yeah. the movie? Yeah, um, I mean, given how not, much yeah. Charlize Theron is in it, it feels like they wanted as many women to see it as men, but it's also like, it's called The Legend of Bagger Vance, which is like the oldest, daddiest name for a movie. <laughs> Even oh in 2000, God. you don't hear that and go, oh, that sounds like it's going to slap, like it's going to be a roller coaster. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all heard about this bag of vans? The title <laughs> is slow. Yo, get all the homies. Get all the homies. Yo, I'm trying to see that bag of vans, dog. I'm trying to see that bag of vans, man. <laughs> Shit, I'm going to uh, see it twice. You, oh, man. That brings me back to when You Got Served came out. Oh, that, was uh, a, that was a oh, time. Uh, <laughs> Everyone what a, was in the parking lot with their accuracy. Trying to be alive. Yeah. <laughs> mm, doing yeah. a pop in it. Mm -hmm. I'm just like them. I'm I'm better than them. I don't know why they. You know what? I was I was uh, near where they shot the movie. I you know I I just didn't make it on the screen. That's just uh, I just what happened. There? That character is based on someone I know. <laughs> that character is based on me actually. The thing that makes all of this uh, worse in some way though is that at the time that this movie came out, literally the year before this movie came out, Tiger Woods not only was on top of the world, but had just won all four majors and completed yep. the Grand Slam the first time that that had happened in, like, decades. And so I like, remember that. have an actual, like, real-life black golfer, like, at the top of the game, and then we get a movie <laughs> about a, ma a magical black caddy who helps a white man not even win. But not even win yet. <laughs> yeah, it's not even about winning this game. It's about him reclaiming his status. You no. know, and it's it's so weird. It's so weird. You didn't win. You won. Yeah. You won. Well, because you don't you don't win the game, Cameron. You just play it. So mm -hmm. you know, it's uh... <laughs> yep. play here, not man. the game, baby. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. <laughs> well, uh, a lot of people had thoughts about this movie uh, and, sure did. And, and play our favorite game. We can start with IMDb, which is, you know, I'm, I'm trying to figure because IMDb has been an interesting barometer for some of these movies. I feel like 
I've sometimes I've been like, yeah, I feel like that. That's correct. And the other times I've been like, wow, I don't, I really can't tell what the allure of this movie was for so many people. But Amanda, out of 10, what do you think Bagger Vance has on IMDb currently? Oh, God. Mm. 2.8. Cameron? You misunderestimate IMDb. (laughs) Uh, I know I did. (laughs) But actually, I don't know if I overestimate it. I think I'm going to go with like a 5.8, 5.9. Currently, it's got a 6.7. <laughs> I was gonna, I just didn't go to six. I don't know why I didn't go to six. I was like, hmm. they can't love it that much. Wow. They love it. Well, I think so. To Amanda's point, it, I yeah. feel like there was a lot of that. Again, just dads who love golf came <laughs> to see this movie, and it's like, wow, what a great movie. I feel seen. You know what I mean? Like, I guess there was maybe one too many black people for my liking, but. uh... Yeah. Well, I I honestly think you bring up a good point. I mean, the first thing I think about is just like the cultural significance of like, this is the moment in time. It's not even just Tiger Woods. Like we've got the Williams sisters on the scene Mm -hmm. now too, in another like exclusively white sport. And the culture responds with, this movie whose script had been sitting around since the early 90s um like it's 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 such a strange choice um but the timing really tells you a lot like that they they saw that there was a need in the audience to see just a bunch of fucking old as shit like <laughs> classic yep. Uh, you know, America as it should be social order kind of golf movie, like where the black man is specifically a non-entity who's there just to help people who Mm -hmm. aren't him uh, continue to be better and more powerful than him. Uh, And it's, yeah, it's, oof. I mean, you said some things. You said some things. (laughs) Well, if we go over to Rotten Tomatoes, what do you think the critics made of Bagger Vance? Okay, Rotten Tomatoes has to be meaner, right? <laughs> mm. I'm, I'm gonna give it a, a 20, a 32. Okay, 32. 32. I guess I might have to go with 60, yeah, 60. 43%. 43 wow right in the middle yeah definitely gets the rotten treatment there was an interesting reaction to this movie because like a lot of people just either felt that it was uh flat you know in terms of the character of the screenplay there was also a lot of people who were just going straight for the white savior element of it and the the magical negro element of it Time called it one of the most embarrassing films of recent years uh, for its treatment of African-Americans, the use of the magical Negro friend. Um, mm-hmm. Who's that Who's that black editor that got fired a month later? <laughs> 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 what? That's crazy. Um, my favorite is from BBC.com, which just calls it Pretentious Piffle. Uh, it's a very British. Pretentious Piffle. Ooh, love the alliteration. <laughs> the Brits. Um, but yeah, there's, so there's, there's the people who are kind of like, oh, okay. You know, I, I see the, 
you know, allure of this film in terms of, you know, presenting this larger message about life through golf. But then a lot of people on the other side were just like, yeah, but it's boring. It's like very much so basically touched by an angel with golf. Uh, <laughs> not into it. Uh, but you know who probably was into it? If we go to Amazon.com. Yeah. What do you all think? Here we go. This movie has on one Amazon. This feels like stars. a full five. This feels like a five star movie on Amazon. Everybody's dad gave it five stars as they finished it. It was like, yep, felt that. Every movie I like has two stars, and every movie like this usually has five stars. So. Exactly that. <laughs> so five stars, right? Again, like you, you look at the <laughs> official breakdown. 4.8 out of 5, but 85% oh, of the ratings are 5 stars. Wow. You know, so That's 4.8 too it. much, sounds like. And it's the same, you know, like, people just going on and on about how much this movie touched their lives and, you know, how great the message was and all this other stuff. I think it's... Is the first review by Chad Dad? Um, no. But there is a review that says, my boyfriend and stepdad are golfer, golfers. I am not. This movie was so good. So uh, I think that's the yep. level. Of, that sounds like the audience. Uh, yeah, that's being put into this one. Um, Is she? Was, was that Charlize Theron? Who was that? Yeah. <laughs> um, if we want, we can spend a moment trying to reimagine this movie. I don't know. I don't think this needs to be remade. The only way that I had in my mind of remaking this film was, and it's a weird amalgamation because it's not quite this movie and it's not quite like a six man or like a, um like Mike. But if, <laughs> if, you, man. if, you, replace, <laughs> if you replace Matt Damon with Schoolboy Q... <laughs> I want to watch this movie. Renowned I want golf. to watch Scoob, this movie. Schoolboy Q, if you don't know, is a he's a big golfer now. Like he's big into golf, and I did like not know this. I, I did know this. <laughs> he's out here really trying to make golf a thing for people in the inner city, and so like he got invited to the PGA like pro am tournament, and like is in PGA two K twenty one. Like he was in the video game. So what uh, it why what is the world I live in? It doesn't look anything if you look at the screenshot of him, it doesn't look anything like him at all. So like he's got no tattoos. They were like can't be too bad. They took the tattoos off of him. So even the game got respectability politics? Oh my God. Sure do what's uh, what's happening what's happening right now um but i was like if we did if we did the movie right so like scoop like you gets invited to a pga uh tournament and like but he's got his own bagger vance which is like the homie you know from from around the way who's like helping him navigate this like racist uh upper crust elitist world but he's got to win. He's got to win. Like I don't know why he wouldn't win the tournament. There's no time. Right. Wait. Game. What? Well, wait a minute. The movie Who's School Your Boy. Caddy exists. What happens in Who's Your yeah, Caddy? Right. Is that a correction? Is that yeah. like our timeline's correction for that movie? Yeah. I might um, need to find that movie. That's all I got for that. I don't know if anybody else has any. Other I kind of. I kind of want to just like expand on that movie, the Schoolboy Q in the. PGA and having to navigate these upper crusty uh, 
2022 white people. Yeah. Of course, tattooless apparently because this movie is apparently being uh, di- distributed by the Walt Disney Company. Hell yeah! I'm gonna send you all this this screenshot of him in the game. It's okay, pretty great. wild because again, it I'm doesn't gonna look, look at like it right him now. at all. It looks like a generic black man. No, <laughs> no tattoos. Oh wow! It does. He looks like he. Oh no. Yeah, he I looks don't like know. Asian. Is that French Montana? Right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure who I'm looking at, but is that not... dude's name is Ahmed? Yeah, they, re- they rendered him, and they were like, "Close enough." Yeah, this looks like my <laughs> cousin who lives in Kuwait. Like, I don't know who. Like, this yeah. is not like you. <laughs> as long as he got paid, uh, so... I, I he better rap so. in that movie though. He better rap in this movie. Sure. No, that can be. It's probably it's probably more like how high than. Um, oh, I'm watching. Than anything else, but yeah, yeah I would absolutely watch that. I mean, like yeah. the Caddyshack premise makes sense because we're. It would make sense for like Schoolboy Q's character to probably find a way into the tournament that maybe wasn't the obvious way. Yeah. Um, you know, um, maybe there's some scheming. Maybe there's some pranks. Um, yeah, we love I would love for prank. a movie. I think a golf course is a great place for pranks. Uh-huh. Smoking green on the green. Yeah, who's the gopher? Call it, call it on the green. Oh, yeah, yeah so, I like it. I mean, I guess yeah. Is his is his caddy Snoop Dogg? Oh like... yeah, because he's an old mystical <laughs> Negro, so he's got to be like, and he got to put some gray in his dreads. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, he's, yeah, just, yeah. he's the old oh, head wow, from the block who like, and funny. he's giving him life lessons. He's yeah. giving because that's that's all Snoop does now is like. Hey, hey, yeah. cuz, all you gotta do is and white smoke people your problems away. Yeah. And white people love Snoop. This movie could, this movie <laughs> is actually closer to getting greenlit than like <laughs> most good projects. Yeah, honestly, HBO. they're gonna find a way to stick Kevin Hart in this shit, but it'll happen. <laughs> oh, yeah, bro. Or Lil or Rel. Lil Rel is, uh, I will oh, absolutely take no, Lil Rel. on the commentary. Oh, <laughs> the yes. He's like hosting the tournament. Like we see him yeah. on commentary for sure. For yes. sure. For sure. Well, all right. We got we got a reimagining down. <laughs> uh, but now we need to I like that's the our... first reimagining. I'm like, I love. Let's do it. We'll pitch it to Q uh this week. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> so we gotta put this on our Cucassity ranking scale. Amanda, you already know our first two levels, and we'll we'll get to the final level this week, but <laughs> Uh, as previously established, the first level of Cocacity is Shorts in the Winter, which is we're 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 still summer, you know, still still working through those those hot months, but uh, you know, the calendar begins to turn. We get into the fall, we get into the winter, and white people just don't put the shorts away. You know what I mean? Like they go, no. they go to Costco. There's there's a sale on shorts. They're like, I could use some of those. You know, like. The, the mm-hmm. brands that you're just like this isn't Tommy Hilfiger, but it's close enough. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> also, like they don't do laundry famously, so like yeah. they'll just go to Costco and buy more cargo shorts and instead of washing. Right. Yeah. Where are these out of here? They'll literally just throw away the- <laughs> their skid mark <laughs> cargo shorts. <laughs> and that's the level where, okay, this movie isn't harming me, but I do have questions. This- curious why you've made this decision uh seems like it might be hurting you on some level but right like uh, it's not directly attacking me yet white people are white peopling but i'm on alert yeah 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 yeah. cameron what's the second level 
the the second level is this movie is touching my hair. So you were right to be on alert, Amanda, because now those hands are everywhere. You don't know what's going to happen. You know, yeah. it could actually, you know, come and hurt you, <laughs> or at least try to touch you and not and not ask you uh, before it does that. So that's when you know the movie is actually, you know, trying to maybe say something in its own kind of sly way, but at after then it is definitely an offense. Yes. Yes. Um, and speaking of saying something in their own kind of sly way, the third level of Cassidy this week, I think maybe you can guess. Yeah, I think so. Lena Wilson. Yep. <laughs> uh, this, who's talking about in your mouth? And this is a movie podcast, so we should be talking about this shit. Uh, Amanda Listenberg, uh, who was one of the stars of the new Bodies, Bodies, Bodies movie that came out uh, this past weekend, responded to a New York Times review of the film in which reviewer Lena Wilson more or less said that it's a 95 advertisement uh 95 minute advertisement for cleavage and people who have seen the movie and who have uh shared screenshots note that none of the other women have their cleavage out except for Amanda and like even in the cleavage it's not like gratuitous but just like somebody her age would look Right yeah. Now. So, uh, <laughs> and also, it's like a horror comedy about like young girls in the A twenty four age. It's that yeah. stuff, but might happen. But there's yeah. again, and the from what people have reported, there's no like gratuitous boob close ups in the film, but there's no sex okay. scenes in the film. Right. Uh, okay. So, like the idea that this is just a ninety five minute advertisement for cleavage. Seems to be singling out Amandala specifically, but is also wrong. Uh, and very, very <laughs> reductive. Like, yeah. very reductive for the yeah. New York Times. Extremely so. And Amandala's DM was fucking correct, but you're getting yes. to that. Well, Amandala <laughs> DM'd uh, Lena and jokingly, as you know, she went on to say later, uh, you know, maybe if you had spent less time looking at my tits and watched the movie, you know, you could have written a better review. And like, I think, as a mentalist, said, very much was just intending that to be a joke. Um, and like, has said that because uh, Lena is also queer, that it was like, haha, you know, two queer people making a joke to each other. But Lena could not keep her white. Womanness inside, mm -mm. and uh, she was like, only, "My privilege must speak." Not only shared the DM publicly on her TikTok, but then went on to play victim uh, and say, "And I quote: I don't want this person who has more social power than me to think that it's fucking okay to do something like this." Wherein mm -hmm. you are the one sharing a public, a private <sighs> message between the two of you publicly, publicly that nobody would know about place. if you hadn't told everybody. Uh, and so now is... in the in the aftermath, we gotta say in the aftermath that Lena is just getting torn to shreds on Twitter. Yeah. She deleted uh, social media like because, overnight well, or something. She also she also claimed that you know I work at the New York Times and I've been the I was the youngest person to a feature for or the the front page for the culture section, and then Twitter did its thing, which is research, and found out that of course her daddy works at the New York Times yeah, as like, well, as, like a managing editor, like not managing like editor, yeah, entrenched, <laughs> yeah, like definitely got Lena her job. So, and, good luck to you, Lena, in your yeah. further endeavors being a nepotism jerk. <laughs> 
So, you know, like, she very righteously stood up for herself in the face of this attack uh, on her character. <laughs> Uh, and it and it turned into a big egg on her face because of course people were like, "The fuck are you doing, dog? Like you look goofy as shit." Uh, <laughs> nobody agrees with you except for the people you don't want agreeing with you. Uh, so <laughs> I think that's uh, very self-explanatory. This level is just like white people know exactly what they're doing. They do it on purpose. They always then... know the upper hand they have <laughs> in every situation. And when it slips away, they act in all the predictable ways. Um, and when you acknowledge that they have the upper hand in the situation, they act in reliable ways. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I, friends, I think you know what I'm going to say. <laughs> <laughs> ah! This is Bagger Vance's Alina Wilson film, if I've ever seen it. Like, I mean, it's all about preserving your own reputation at the mm -hmm. expense of anything. I mean, it, who gives a shit? You just need to keep your name. You need to keep your land. You need to keep your power. You need to keep your birthright. Yep. You need to keep your access to, to blonde uh, socialite uh, yep. pussy. Like, you've got to... <laughs> You gotta be in the Savannah mayor's front pocket while he talks about eating um, peaches in August. Like you've gotta like it, it's so much about the fucking romanticism of the way things were and how it wasn't really that bad. And look at how and look at everybody everybody knew how it was. They just if you just knew your place, it wasn't a big deal. Even you could caddy for somebody in a turn. Yeah um yeah it, it's it's the most self-interested white savior movie because it's all about just saving the whites i mean it really <laughs> is it's in the d depression there's all of these lines that various townsfolk say that give you the clue like it's all about like oh we need to just we need to scoop this shit back up like we're we're losing we're losing in the late third quarter you know that's like the vibe um like these 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 uh you know the black people are too happy uh we need we need to you know take take back the city in uh in a way that reestablishes the social order mm -hmm. that's like the vibe that all of the white townsfolk have i yeah i don't know i mean cameron you can chime in <laughs> without having to see I, the movie I don't either. even know what else to say i think amanda <laughs> you hit it on the head or out of the you 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 hit it off the off the green, off yes. the green. So, uh, that's what you said. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Not the beach. I not mean, the forest. I don't, uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think there's anything else to say. These movies about like American idealism are like kind of gross, in my opinion. Uh, trying to erase like the nasty things that America did do, and trying to do this like colorblind even though you're like literally on the fucking nose like adaptation of 1930s life in america it's like yeah so come on it, it, it's, it's yeah. saying the quiet part loud honestly it and really I'm, is i'm kind of ill of these movies if yep. i'm being honest yeah yeah i mean this movie Big is time. basically just like what if god was one of us <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, it's one of my favorite karaoke <laughs> songs to do. <laughs> it's got that energy. I mean, that's how you're supposed yeah. to feel about it. But then as a black person watching it, you're just like, again, 1930s Savannah, Georgia, right? Like right. left and right, 
I mean, I'll just if you <laughs> if you just Google lynchings Georgia, right? Like it's just too much to even read and consider. Like I was trying to go through it earlier and just like got more sad than I was having watched the movie. It's uh, bonkers. So, <laughs> uh. Like to think about a time like that where just for no reason at all, you know what I mean? Like you could be murdered and for people I, I think here's the thing, right? Like I think a lot of white people think about lynchings and they think like, oh, somebody just got like hung by a tree. That's not what that was, right? Like lynchings were not only just brutal murders, but like social gatherings. They were a culture. They were literally a culture. They were the bedrock of a community. They were the thing that everybody in the town would look forward to. Yes. It was something to do on a Sunday. People would come out. There would be a picnic around a burning dead body body that people would have cut limbs from as souvenirs and would have taken pictures of to use as postcards to send to people you know what i mean like that's what that was so like those postcards stayed in circulation for a long time too that's the real backdrop of bagger vance is that this is happening and then bagger vance is like nah dog you might want to use this three iron you know like i don't think you're gonna get to the green with that damn i mean that's the movie i saw in the trailer honest to god the, the movie they sold me was that movie yes so i think it's it's almost like i'm sure in their minds they were like if we just don't address then like we can move past and like not have to deal with any of that but it's almost the inverse because it does it does everybody dirty yeah yeah totally erasing that like that's really all you can think about when you watch the movie it's just like what is that what weird idyllic southern town is this where like black and white people are just doing multiple things together but then also like i just can't i can't like bagger vance this is the biggest thing that has ever happened in savannah according to this movie and bagger vance has publicly been by matt damon's side this whole time the final hole the biggest culmination of the old thing he just starts walking away to think that white people would not have stopped him you're gonna miss the golf match you know what i mean well you can't because it's not over Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> the fact that that whole crowd of people watched him walk away of his own volition. No, we're just like, I guess when, leaving. when everyone knows when a man's back is turned is when white people throw all their weapons out. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like the fact that we're seeing Bruh. this long shot of him walking away and his back is to I'm hundreds of whites. The <laughs> sun was golf down. whites. And the it sun, was <laughs> the sun was down. The that sun time. was down, and they were surrounded by golf whites. This was the most dangerous situation. It's duck season and rabbit season. <laughs> but I guess he really had to go to the oh beach to uh, oh. materialize. I don't know what happened after that. The fact that nobody like just walked after him or like asked questions, like sir, I say sir. <laughs> yeah they all said they said three things and they're like well that's we tried <laughs> back <laughs> like, to the game mm, yeah that sounds like the savannah spirit uh, yeah boy. <laughs> <laughs> you guys look at the golf game you, you wouldn't want to miss this 
<laughs> so yes, third third level, uh, just a wild movie that thankfully didn't win awards or anything else like they planned. It actually bombed. It, actually it was made yeah, thankfully embarrassed. Eighty million that it cost to make. So, um, but, you know, thank goodness for that. I guess yeah. Do you want to recommend movies to watch instead? I think this is one of those that it could just be anything. It's not to be golf related. Just bro, yeah. I don't know. Watch Cool Runnings. Like watch something where people are having fun and playing a game that they actually win. Like I, you know, I guess if you're trying to watch a feel good sports film, which is like I guess what you're trying to do, that's the best case scenario I can imagine. Otherwise, you just wanted. I mean, the people who went to see Green Book. They wanted to see Green Book, you know, they knew yeah. what they were walking into. And I feel yeah. like it's the same thing with Bagger Vance, where it's it's uh, it's a moth to a flame type thing. Uh, can, I, can I say this, though? I just remember. This. Yes. <laughs> when Bagger Vance walks off into the sunset and um, like you hear the, the roar from the crowd after Judah makes that last shot. He does do a quasi soft shoe shuffle. Yes, there's like a little <laughs> skip or something that happens. Again, the zippity doo dots in there jumps out. <laughs> it's just the slightest hint of like <laughs> a jig, you know. I wonder he, how much <laughs> jigging was cut out of this movie. I was glad. I mean, it looked like he was about to break out into full on. You know, oh, shoot. It was just, yeah. yeah, it was just the slightest uh, hint of it. So. All right. Come on, Robert um, Redford, you coward. Yeah, Release the Jigaboo cut. <laughs> <laughs> I'm grateful we didn't get, yeah, like the full extended thing there. Um, yeah, that's yeah. rough. I would say just go watch Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. Yeah, honestly, <laughs> while we're be. talking about Lena Wilson, please just support a, a movie that's uh, inventive and original. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like a fun time. I'm probably going to go see it this weekend. Um, and it seems like it's going to be... It's gotten good reviews. Like, people are enjoying it overall. Yeah. The reviews um, are good enough that I'm overriding the fact that I have to see Pete Davidson. Like, I wasn't yeah. excited about having to, like, pay money to see him. But that was also mine. he's outnumbered. And they covered <laughs> his tattoos, so... He has to at least pretend to act in this situation. So we'll see. Um, Cameron, do you have any recommendations? Um, Recommendations uh, other than Bag of Vance, I would say, um, see, because I'm not big on the... It could be anything. It doesn't have to be a sports movie. It could be anything? Yeah. Oh, anything. I've recommended Um, Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. So. Oh, you you saw it? Uh, I'm going to see it this weekend. Oh, excited. I want to see it, actually. Um, what I'll suggest is uh, Master on Amazon Prime, the new movie from Mariama Diallo, who did a short film called uh, Hair Wolf on, mm-hmm. and it's on, I think it's still on HBO Max. Get it quick! I don't know. Might not be there anymore. Um, but it's at, that is actually a very good short, like little horror movie uh about some some hair gone wrong and uh this movie is about three black women at a harvard-esque campus um one student and two teachers vying for tenure and it's kind of about you know the racist history of said college and the town surrounding 
and some icky, murky things that happened on campus that are, you know, multi-general, tra traumatic. Um, it's it's okay. It was an interesting time. <laughs> and uh, I would say if you're interested in like new Black female directors who are doing interesting things with these big corporations' money, I would say Master was a pretty decent experiment and such. So right. I'd say check it out. I'll check it out. Yeah, I really need to watch this. And it's Regina Hall too, which hey. I love. And it's Regina Hall in the central performance, who's pretty pretty good here. All right. Well, I think that's uh that's it for us this week. Um Amanda, thank you so much for joining us. Sorry again that you had to watch Bagger Vance. <laughs> but that's, I guess that's just for, the nature of it. No, I'm sorry, y'all had to watch Bagger Vance. Hey, don't don't start with that. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? I'll always have this card on you guys for the entirety of the podcast. <laughs> yeah, this was a blast, even though, yes, I had to waste two hours and seven minutes. Uh, so did you, Jordan. And <laughs> so true. we are bonded for life in this yes. trauma. <laughs> uh well tell us where people can find you um if there's anything people should be looking out for what else you got going on uh let's see well um right now i'm just chilling but you can find me on the internet on twitter at amandonium um my website is amandameadows.card.co if you want to look at a digital version of my business card basically um <laughs> but uh a bunch of books that i worked on are kind of come out um this fall uh orcs in space volume three is just the final collection of really wild comedy sci-fi uh adventure by justin roiland and friends um that's coming out um and uh Isan boshi which is a graphic novel retelling of the of the classic Japanese folktale um, uh, by a Disney animator, Ryan Lang, um, that looks really great. Um, uh, I, I got a chance to edit that post Kickstarter. Um, so yeah, there's a couple books out there you can find that I've edited, but um, also uh, just uh, follow other cartoonists uh, on the internet because that's that's the best thing to do. Don't follow me, an editor. <laughs> but if you do follow me, I do retweet a lot of creators. So maybe that's a way to find them. Anyway. Hey. <laughs> uh, Cam, what you got going on? Uh, nothing right now. We on a, we not uh, fun employed quite, but uh, got some things in the cooker, trying to write a couple things. Uh, Bernie and Luca, if we happen to see it at a film festival, I will direct you to it. Um, but yeah, more coming soon coming soon all right uh and i'm jordan clark you can find me on twitter and instagram at jrsosa18 jrsosa18 um got some stuff that's coming <laughs> but i can't right. say anything yet so uh <laughs> <laughs> when it happens when there's more information i can i can say more but oh, a whole um, lot of anticipation know. big things coming yeah, from these yeah. two just just know that comics are on the <laughs> way you can also still get samurai soga the the third issue would have come out this week um and then i had a fairy tales red sonia story come out the week before so like those are all still in stores and then more stuff coming later in the year but yeah that's it for me uh if you want to get in touch with us you can reach us at white underscore pod on twitter 
or white people won't save you pod at gmail.com if you want to give us movies to watch if you want to reach out to us um about any just caucasity that you're seeing in the world uh because we're seeing it too yeah we're it's we can't keep track of it all we're doing our best it's, it's just <laughs> it's out here it's, it's like happening. the ocean we're still discovering things yeah, you know yeah, we're sure. gonna be finding <laughs> shit forever uh, but we love to hear from you so absolutely feel free to reach out to us but yeah that's gonna do it for us this week and we'll see you next week with more caucasity peace 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 You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved.